In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Hey, what's up? It's Micah Tyler, and it's Friday. Field trip day. Yay, thank you so much, Micah. Thanks for leading us there and uh, joining us right now on the last trip of our field, or last stop on our field trip is Paul Acey's house because for some reason, Adam wouldn't come to the door. Hmm, don't know what that's about. But Paul, good to have you with us this morning. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you bypassed Adam's house. I was a little intimidated to sing with a, you know, a professional singer actually doing the field trip day song. So I, I just felt like, no, we'll let Micah handle that one. No, I no problem like making a joyful <laughs> noise to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> My noise doesn't sound that joyful. It may feel joyful to me, but it doesn't sound that joyful. Uh, yeah, well, thank you so much. So glad we don't go to church together. No, just teasing. Just teasing. Did that actually come out? <laughs> that was your outside voice. Ah, uh, sorry about that. And hey, if you want to join us on Facebook right now, uh, we're doing Facebook Live as we're chatting with Paul AC, getting us caught up on what's going on movie-wise. So what's the first thing on the docket? What do we have to be aware of? You know, there's only really one thing out in the movie theaters this weekend, and that is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I think that that the other uh, movie makers decided to give this weekend solely to this superhero movie because everybody in their dog knows that it's going to be huge. It's going to be a big movie, uh, which is, when you think about it, a little bit ironic since we're talking about a very, very tiny superhero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ant-Man, if, if you're not familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is known for getting very, very small, as you might have been able to tell just from the name. He can also get very, very big. Um, And this movie has him going to a place called the Quantum Realm, which is this subatomic world, basically a universe even unto itself, uh, with he and his whole superhero family. Um, They are down there. They get sort of sucked down there by nefarious forces, um, and they meet this guy named Kang, Kang the Conqueror. He has been trapped in the quantum realm for ever so long, and he wants to get out in the very worst way. Why? Of course, so he can conquer, so he can annihilate planets, you know, kill a bunch of people. He is not a very nice guy, but he wants to get out of the quantum realm, and he wants to use Ant-Man's powers to do it. And he will use whatever means he can to uh, convince Scott Ant-Man to uh, to help him escape. 
So that's kind of where the story lands. Um, the movie, honestly, I'm a superhero guy, and this movie didn't work as well for me as I would have hoped. Um, I think that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, tends to get a little bit muddier as it goes along. I think that it is a little bit convoluted, and it's losing sort of track of the characters that drew us to this franchise um, from the very get beginning. Um, we really cared about Iron Man and Captain America. We got to know them. Um, and we got to know Scott Lang, the, the, the guy who is Ant-Man too. Uh, but here they moved back from sort of that characterization, that story, uh, helping us care for these characters for spectacle. We see a lot of great images. Uh, the bad guy King is really cool, uh, but it loses it's heart sort of along the way and that's a shame um, and parents are going to have to wade through some stuff too you know in these superhero stories there's always a lot of violence there's often some language issues that you have to wade through and that is definitely true in this case um, and there's some sensuality that you really didn't need and that feels honestly kind of awkward uh, so before parents you know pack up their kids to, to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania definitely maybe push pause give the review a read uh, make sure that it's really suitable for, for you and your family. Okay, thank you so much for that, Paul. And I do have a little follow-up question along with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've also seen not only are they getting a little muddy in their characterizations, they seem to be getting progressively darker in content spiritually. Is, is that a part of this film at all? You know, it is very true of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. It's not true for this one. You don't see a lot of spirituality here. Uh, this is really just based on this tiny, tiny world and a very terrible person who's a part of it. Now, that said, you do have a lot of reality twisting, a lot of reality warping type of situations here. Uh, so, so definitely you're, you're not dealing with the, the spiritual murkiness that you were with the latest Doctor Strange movie, for instance. Mm -hmm. You're not dealing with, with that kind of level of darkness. Uh, but it is weird. And so I think that, that for people who are cautious about those things, definitely, definitely again, consider carefully before going to see it. Okay, no, thank you so much for that, Paul. So appreciate you and your take on film so that we know what to expect going in and the conversations that we need to prepare in order to uh, come out of a film like that. Because if we can uh, take a look at media that way, opportunities for us to have good, solid conversations that maybe would steer the conversation toward the Lord, that's always a good thing, regardless of the content, I think. But yeah, there's something yeah. happening right now that I wanted to just touch on, if I could, for just a moment with you, Paul, is a film that's coming out, Jesus Revolution. It's coming out next week, and it's talking about the Jesus movement of the 1970s, which kind of started with a revival at Asbury University in 1970. And well, we're seeing something like that right now. This is kind of an interesting time for this film to be coming out next week. It really is. You know, you're talking, I'm sure, about the, the what is being called a revival uh, at Asbury University in Kentucky. Uh, there, there have been uh, folks, students there meeting for, I think, more than more than a week, right? 24 hours a day, mm. uh, praying, singing, gathering together uh, to worship. They're drawing people from universities in, in other states all across the United States. To, they're bringing them there. Um, it's being actually shown, streamed on, on TikTok. Uh, so that's that's introducing people to what is going on in Asbury. And we're finding that it's starting to pop up 
on other other college uh, campuses, all other university campuses. I was just talking with somebody about something going on at Sanford University. So mm. um, there are some some really exciting things going on, which really does echo next week's Jesus Revolution, which was really about this spontaneous turn toward Christ in many, many areas of the country. It was, uh, it was uh, spearheaded in California. Uh, we, I think that probably some of us know uh, about kind of what the Jesus revolution entailed. It was, it was spearheaded. It sort of helped foster uh, the Calvary uh, group of churches. It, it fostered some other huge, huge denominations. Uh, but it all started in California with this desire, this hunger for God. And I, I honestly think that in some ways our society, where we are, is not so different from the society that's depicted in the Jesus Revolution. Mm. Um, we are, as a culture, looking for deeper meaning. We are looking for answers. We have found that the answers that the world has given us doesn't satisfy us. We want to go deeper. And I think that that's what we're seeing in some of these little pockets around the country, that sense that we need to go deeper. There's more to life than what we've been told. And we want to find it and grab it and embrace it. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting and I think exciting time. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're hearing the voice of Paul Acey with Plugged In Movie Reviews, just kind of giving a, an overview of Jesus' Revolution, which is opening next week. I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit more next week in our time together. But um, as we're seeing it happening um, in Asbury University in, in Kentucky, also we've heard tale of it happening at Lee University here up in Cleveland, just 30 minutes up the road here. So it is expanding around the world. And I think, Paul, many people have been praying for revival. You you know, and and mm -hmm. I'm wondering, is this kind of the spark that our country so desperately needs, especially our culture that's looking for the right things, but in completely the wrong places? <laughs> I sure hope so. You know, I think that that one thing that that uh, G.K. Chesterton once said. He's one of my very favorite authors. He he talks about how the Christian Church follows its Maker. It is continually dying and being reborn. It is continually born again. You see these moments where, where the church as we've known it has sort of faded away and something new and something better comes about afterwards. Um, and I think I'm hoping that's what we see. You know, we've, we've heard about churches closing down. We've heard that, that we are becoming a secular, more secular country, but we know also that God is in control. And God has a plan for all of this. And when we see these elements, when you see people searching for what they should be searching for, um, I think that's encouraging. You know, it, if if we as, as Christians turned our attention and really behaved as Christians should, uh, if we loved one another like we, we were called to do, if we put our money to worthwhile causes to, to give and to make the world truly a better place, to give our time, to give our talents, there's no stopping the, the Christian body when it gets truly motivated to change the world. Mm. The Christian body can change everything if it puts its mind to it because we know that our creator changed everything that our savior changed everything i think it can be a really exciting time